is and uh, he says the meetings will continue until something is committed on paper. Ramakludi says he hopes to lift the suspension imposed this week on Glencore's optimum coal mine in the mining giant if it meets government's directives over the job cuts. The talks come as a national union of mine workers rejected the Chamber of Mines' final wage offer. AMCU itself rejected the offer on Sunday while Solidarity says it is likely to accept the offer. For an update on this, we're on the, well, in fact, in the studio with us, uh, Frank Mumalo, who's been following up on the talk. So, Frank, at stage what of these talks? I know we've been talking about uh, stage five or whatever, and it keeps on going. So where are we now? Yeah, it's very confusing. Uh, but this week, we're in the home run or final run. So the the Chamber of Mines has already met the AMCO for the last time, for the last bilateral. So... The the other meeting will happen on Friday when the chairman meets the remaining unions, that is uh, the NUM Solidarity and WASA, so that will also be the final uh, bilaterals. But then there's a meeting that is scheduled next week on Monday where the chamber is will meet all the four unions, I mean, like to formally respond. What has happened this week is that the unions have been responding to the chamber. But the chamber is going to respond. But uh, I can add that on on Tuesday, when the chamber met met uh, Amco, it said that I mean, the message that it wants Amco to take it, 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 it to its members is that its final offer was final. So there's not going to be any movement. So on. what is on the table now? Uh, from the chamber side, there are two sides. They, they, they differentiate between skilled or artisans and then the other workers, semi-skilled and unskilled. So for, for the artisans, it's up to 60%, 6%. That's the maximum for the three big companies. That is Anglo Colton, Shanti, Simunye, and, and, and Ivanda. And, and then Harmony, I think, is 4.5. And then uh, Solidarity has indicated that it has uh, a secured mandate for, for its members to uh, accept the 6% for for artisans because most of his members are artisans but the other unions the lower category or semi-skilled and and unskilled categories which is mainly amco and the num they have indicated that they are they, have, they are rejecting the the offer which is 1000 but related to that there's a, a dispute because the the chamber is speaking of an allowance which is problematic because if you say allowance it means that that, that money is is not pensionable is mm. something that is given to the workers, and especially the union, the NUM is coming out very strongly on that. Uh, say we want increases on salaries, not because it means that they are hedging future, future, future losses. I mean, that, that is the companies. That and, is another. Difference. And what is the mandate given to the both both the unions, AMCO and NUM? The NUM was originally at 10,500. Uh, it has gone down now to, to 9,500. So it has gone down by 1,000 rands. But AMCO is still standing on 12,500. And uh, today when I was in Pretoria, I had the chance to speak to Joseph Matunja. He said they are not moving. And if the the chamber is not accepting that, they are looking uh, at protest or uh, action going forward, which will include m- marches and the strike. Okay. Now, what is the likelihood that come Monday the strike is not over? 
Yeah, I, I mean, we, we are we are headed for for a deadlock. That is something that we can say certain, with certainty, because the, the other unions, even no, we have not heard from Owasa at this moment. They are the smaller unions, but the bigger unions have rejected the offer. And on the other side, so w- what we have is a is such a situation of entrenched positions on other side, from the chamber side saying our offer is final. And then the unions, both AMCO and the NUM, says what is on the table is not acceptable. So we have entrenched position on on other side, which means we are definitely mm. headed for a headlock, a deadlock when they meet next week. Frank, let's talk about something that um, I mean, some of our listeners have raised, and I've wondered about myself. You find that these negotiations are bound to two, three years, whatever the case may be, but yet every year. We repeat the same process. Why is that? Uh, For the union, it's preferable a a multi-year agreement. That is three years or more. But uh, up to now, we've been having three years agreement. On the other side, for the employers, I mean... uh, 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 in fact, no. For the union, it's the other way it's around. It's the other way around, it's, absolutely. Yes, because, uh, and that is because of, of inflation. Inflation varies, so unions would like to, like, I mean, to keep up with inflation. But for, for the employers, it's a hassle. I mean, to negotiate year after year, it's uh, disrupt, uh, disruptive to the operations. Uh, but this year, the chamber was coming with a new thing when, when they wanted a five-year agreement, which has been rejected by, by the unions. The other thing, that, which I should have said, is that when the unions reject what is on offer, when they reject a final offer, it, it, it reverts to the original offer. So now what it means after Monday, in fact, after Friday, we are going back to to the uh, original offer from the union from the chambers uh, companies, which are seven hundred and fifty rand and four point five four for artisans. So it reverses. So they are starting all over again. Although going forward, they are not going to talk directly to each other. They are going to talk through a third party or a mediator. All right. Thanks a lot, Frank. Okay, thank you. Frank Ngumbalo is uh, a senior economics reporter who's been following up on this. Uh, negotiations, especially in the gold industry. But as I mentioned, as we speak now, the mining minister, Nwako Ramotlodi, is meeting with various stakeholders to help save jobs in the mining industry. Labor unions and labor companies are forming part of those discussions in Pretoria. And to just unpack some of these things we've been speaking about, we on the line now to Mamokheti Mulopiani, who is labor and mining analyst from Creative uh, a voodoo consultancy. A very good afternoon to you and thank you very much for speaking to us. I'd like to talk about the environment within which mining companies find themselves. I mean, just talking about the wage negotiations with our reporter at the moment, they would seem at odds. Government saying to the mines that uh, we want to save jobs. Well, uh, you know, the mines are saying we're in trouble. Commodity prices are hitting us hard. Good afternoon to your listeners, and hi, Tepiso. Hi. Um, indeed, indeed, we are we are facing uh, what I call the eye of the storm in terms of our mining industry, and not surprisingly so. However, I would like to believe this is nothing new. As we know, commodities are very volatile and so forth. 
What then becomes the question is, uh, did the mining industry see this coming? Ms. Molopian, may I please ask that uh, perhaps you speak a little louder or into the mouthpiece? We're struggling to hear you. Uh, okay, what, 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 what I'm saying is that... Um, what what happens is that we, the mining industry, should have asked itself, uh, when will this come? Because this is nothing new that is happening within the industry. Uh, commodities are very volatile. The market is up and down, and we know that over time there can be measures that can be put in place, but there hasn't been so. And thirdly, the party is over. When I say the party, I mean the super cycle season where commodities were in demand and China was gobbling up everything is over. But it does not mean that that is the end. And I would like to believe the industry could have prepared better, but they didn't. And now we are seeing this. Sadly, in the context of South Africa, it means the people who are going to be affected the most are at the low level of mining. Mm. I mean, there's often been criticism or even warning towards governments to say diversify, diversify, and governments saying that it has been doing that. It's boosting other sectors such as agriculture, tourism, and manufacture, but that um, the private sector needs to do more to create jobs. What could, beyond what you've said, the private sector do? Look, over time, in the past six years or so, first of all, I pointed out that the South Africa's private sector has really been complacent, and they haven't really been coming to the party. And you see it even with, with, with the aspects of transformation and so forth. But now, what is currently needed is to see how we can move our economy away from being so resource dependent and move out and move to sectors that can be quickly developed that can absorb the low skills that we have because remember because of the level of education we have one of the challenges is the low skills mining used to be able to do that to absorb the low skilled people and we need to develop sectors like agriculture we need to improve agricultural sector it is still one of the sectors that can grow our economy but equally so absorb most of the people that in the context of South Africa's business are called unemployable, which is really a a terrible thing. Mm. I'd like to look at the uh, issue of Glencore, for instance. It's Optimum Coal Mine. Government saying that, uh, you know, it hopes to lift the suspension it imposed on it. But what is international best practice and the best mining model in this case you know, it's beyond anticipating what the conditions are in the commodity markets, but country to country, the conditions differ. And in terms of labor relations, it's always been a struggle for the mining companies to accept that. Yes, and, and really we cannot take a model that was used in Canada or a model that was used in Australia and try to to translate it to here because in South Africa we know that if you're going to close companies, if you're going to start retrenching people, you must follow the proper channels. And perhaps this one way, even though it, it, it is seen as harsh, this is a minister's way of saying, look, I am finally acting on, 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 on what is happening within the mining industry. Remember, there hasn't really been a lot of enforcement of, of mining laws in South Africa. So perhaps this is the first time we are seeing 
the Department of, uh, of Mineral Resources saying, I am closing you down because you have failed to do one, two, three. One of the things, of course, that it could have done was perhaps follow the the channels of take or going through the CCMA channels and exhausting all the avenues, then go to the Labour Court because sadly at the moment it impacts those people, those few numbers of people that had been left uh, while working for the company, while it was retracing other people. I'd also like to think this is a minister's bold statement of saying, I am not going to tolerate uh, um anything unbecoming from you, the mining industry. And as the minister, I have uh, the the authority over you, and this is what I think is best. So this is more like laying down the law, but at the same time, sending out the message. And I think it is heard, the message, uh, when they close Optimum Call. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Analyst uh, Mamukhe Timulupiani is...